0: Welcome to Yoga for First Responders On Air, where we break down yoga, neuroscience, resilience, and public safety in a manner that's authentic, educational, and most importantly, entertaining and lighthearted. I'm YFFR's founder, Olivia Mead. As a yoga instructor and neuroscience enthusiast, I'm passionate about supporting first responders and anyone looking to improve their overall human performance. Each week we'll dive into a new topic and often bring on expert guests to share their insights and experiences, but we'll also keep it real and share our own stories and struggles along the way. So whether you're a first responder or seeking to master the science of mental and physical resilience, this podcast is your ultimate guide to triumph over life's challenges with unbreakable strength and unwavering fortitude. By pressing play, your training has begun. Hey guys, it's Olivia. These previous two episodes of On Air are really cool because we did them in conjunction with Captain Jeremy Sanders and his podcast, Crew First Culture. Jeremy's podcast has been around for a long time and has an impressive following and engagement with its audience. So naturally as newcomers to the podcast scene, we wanted to jump on those coattails immediately. We decided with Jeremy to place our conversation on both of our platforms. We've divided it up into two episodes. So the amount we packed in can be consumed in two digestible segments. The Crew First Culture brand and podcast help the Fire Firehouse family to grow and excel in their career and life. Jeremy and his partners on this mission are here to discuss their passion for leadership and firehouse culture and use their life experiences to lift each other up. The primary focus is leadership and training. And as you know, I too am passionate about both these things. So we really get into the nitty gritty. Jeremy is married and has seven kids. He and his family live on a small farm just outside of Tulsa. He has served for 20 years on a suburban career fire department in central Oklahoma, where he currently holds the rank of captain. So enjoy the second episode of our conversation with Jeremy Sanders on Crew First Culture. And if you haven't listened to the first episode yet, check that out first. As usual, we will challenge monotony and complacency and demand a new look at what it means and what it requires to be resilient.
1: Everybody wants a really, really complicated <laughs> <Yeah>. solution, you <laughs> know? They want they want a complicated solution. They want to pay somebody to fix the problem for them because yeah. then they feel like they're getting value out of it. And it turns out our bodies actually really do want to thrive out of life. And so they're actually very programmable, but we've never been, I love this. What Olivia says is that we've never been given the owner's manual to our own system, to our own body. And so we just use or grab everything else where it's so simple that just walking around repeating to yourself that this is a challenge. This is a challenge. This is a challenge changes how your body reacts and literally changes the, the chemicals dropped by the endocrine system, the brain, to change into a a challenge response versus a stress response. And a key critical element there is DHEA. And so Kelly McGonigal, The Upside of Stress, uh, she's done a lot of work on this. Uh, The folks at uh, the Flow Research Collective, they've got some really interesting study on this challenge versus threat scenario stuff as well. I mean, good, good, good resources. That's the literature is thick on the, yeah. just changing the mindset around that reframing of challenge versus threat.
0: And you can use that technique for anything, public speaking, um, parenting. I'm mean, you know, taking,
1: right? taking, your, taking your promotional exam. Like if you're, not a good, if you're not a good exam taker and you want to, to move up to the driver spot, uh, you're gonna have to take a test with it. So breath you better work. do a couple of rounds of breath work and then say to myself, this is a challenge before you start taking that test. And we've heard from many ag- firefighters across the country, I'm not a good test taker, but taking a couple of breaths and reframing this test as a challenge helped me score better. Uh, I mean, it's it over and over and over again.
0: Hey, Jeremy, can I ask you because I'm so curious and I like to ask folks who, you know i've I've seen what's lucky about me not working in fire service in one department is I've seen, I've worked <laughs> with many agencies, many leaders. And I've got to, gotten to see the gamut of personalities and egos and, you know, and I like to ask people who I've seen that are thriving in this career, um, how did you get there? So what what made you kind of realize and, ha- and realize that you need to do some some things for optimal performance and that's, you know, h- how did you get to where you are now?
2: So man, that's that's a big question. Uh are you are you wanting to answer solely from that kind of that higher performance edge or just all together how?
0: We can just me you, could say all together because you, you, how are you different and because you different than other people I've met in fire service?
2: 40 45 years of my life's journey is is how I'm this way. I mean, that's that's the only way I could describe it. I'm so I am so completely different than the person I was, you know, when I was 20 and even 30 because of that life experience and and what I've been through, the challenges I've faced. That's, that's kind of the, the overall encompassing cop-out answer to that, but it, it is true, but man, it's just, it's just kind of following the path that I'm on. And, and looking at the opportunities that I've been given and and trying to take advantage of him, I I have been so very blessed to be introduced to the right people. That's another big piece of this thing. You know, I I was introduced, I, I knew him, but when I got moved to my current station, the driver that I have and have had since then was somebody that has now basically put me in the seat I'm in. He slowly inspired me to be more and to to take responsibility and to truly give what I had to give. And, you know, I thought I was a, a good firefighter. I thought I was a good officer. But really all I was was somebody that achieved collecting a crew of people that got along and enjoyed their day. That was it. You know, I, I didn't focus on training. I didn't care about anything extra. I, I just didn't know. And then, you know, getting a my first probationary firefighter. I say it quite a quite a bit, but that was another punch in the face to to kind of wake me up to say you are responsible for a lot more than just collecting a fun group of people together. You know, you are putting these people. On either a path of of great success and and significance towards the future, or just setting them up for what is going to one day, one way or another, going to lead to to uh, shoot. I'm going blank now. Uh, what what is it when you get lazy? <laughs>
0: Complacency.
2: <laughs> Complacency, golly, uh, leading them to. I mean, that's that's where my leadership style back then was going to lead because that's, that's just the way it was. So, you know, that, that kind of has kept me on that trajectory. And then, you know, just the, the craziness of how, and I know you're wanting to get into this anyway. So if if this is where it leads, it leads, but of how I was introduced to the, the TRT team and, and kind of eventually asked on to be a part of it. it's it, It's not just coincidence. I mean, seriously, I, I a person can't have as many coincidences as I've had in my life to get me to where I'm at. But I've just thankfully been able to take advantage of these opportunities. But it's it's truly trying to learn as much as I can from the experiences I've been through, trying to gain as much from the failures, trying to really take advantage of of all the great people that I have been introduced to and and just have affected my life and again taking advantage of any and every opportunity that I've been given and that is kind of the recipe that has led me to you know where I'm sitting right now
0: so do you you know with with yoga specifically when you know you're offered, yoga, you know, here's an app for it. It's going to make you better. What do you think makes you be like, yes, absolutely. I'm going to do this. I have no qualms about it versus someone who wouldn't touch it for a with a 10 foot pole. Like what, what do you think that the difference is that makes you not have that resistance?
2: So I've, and that's, that's probably a good story to tell, you know, to, to maybe reach a few people that, that don't understand my my story of yoga is a little bit further out. It's, it didn't just start, you know, when I when I met Eric and, and the rest of the guys a couple of months ago. I've had really bad back issues for basically my entire career: bulged disc, ruptured disc, all kinds of fun stuff. And so, I don't even know kind of how I was introduced to it. But in the past, I've done a lot of yoga, basically just by myself. I mean, we've done it as a crew a few times, but I did a lot of yoga to kind of help with that issue. And but I didn't understand what you guys are talking about. I, I did yoga because it made me feel better. I had no idea why. I, I didn't understand all the breathing and and the important things that we are that you guys have talked about. I just knew that it was an important piece of keeping my back to a place to where I could work. And so I had that relationship with it already. Of course, it's been years since I've, I've practiced it at all, knowing that I needed to get back into it. But so so here's the thing, is going into my introduction to the, the develop, developing high performance program with the TRT and with you guys as a part of that, I still didn't Know what yoga was about. Yeah, you know, I I still just understood it as something to keep me flexible and and to however it, however it worked, it it made my back feel better over time. And so I I still didn't truly understand what true purpose of it was. And even I think I talked about this with Eric a, a few times on in the or on the Atlanta trip. I well, I was still catching myself talking about the the benefits of that flexibility from yoga, and, and there was a couple times where even some of the other guys on the the uh, cadre kind of caught me and like, well, yeah, I mean that's a that's a byproduct of yoga, you know, that's a side effect of yoga, but that's it's about you know a lot more and and now now I understand that, but I think that is a lot of you know even. Even the people that aren't just shut door to the four-letter word, they might just not understand what it is. Even if they're, they're okay with trying it, it doesn't mean that you're understanding what you're doing, and I think that is one of the great things that you all are doing for, for yoga in general, for the fire service, for the police service, whatever, is you are putting words to the good that you're getting out of it it's it's about so much more and you're you're speaking it in a language that we understand as well so all of those things are are great
0: so it's like yeah. the first step really is the in-service training or the and this is one of our rules is no one just starts on a yoga mat with us everyone starts in a chair and listening to you know to this explanation so when they get to the yoga mat they know why yeah why they're
2: there and i Um, think that's very important yeah Yeah.
1: and the last part you said is is why and what makes us very very different because a lot of guys have had experience or exposure to yoga at some point in their career it's becoming more of a norm um whether it's joe's wife sally as a yoga teacher so they bring her in for a couple of classes or whatever it is uh but we make the argument that we are the very specialized tool for the specialized group of people Uh, I make a joke about it to kind of make it a little bit funny, but I say we wouldn't use a sledgehammer to set a femur fracture, right? Wrong tool for the job. And that's where one of the big misconceptions is, is that yoga is yoga and it's just, it's all the same. I tried it. We didn't work. The guys didn't like it, whatever, whatever they've said. And I make the counter argument, but you were using the wrong tool for the wrong job. If you have a specific group of people that have Been trained in this to use the right words, to use the right language, to make it extremely job specific so they can see the benefit of it out on the fire ground. It makes it a little bit easier for your crews to buy into it. And that's where we are that specialized tool for the specialized group of people.
0: And that's the battle we face too is someone will say, Oh, yeah, the local yoga studio came in and not for us. I'm not bashing the local yoga studio. I'm just saying, Oh, well, are they job specific? and culturally formed for fire service, then it's not, you know, it's not what we do before we go on. And, and Jeremy, I know your audience is familiar with the TRT stuff you've had Rick on and everything, but especially for our audience, we keep mentioning the Atlanta (laughs) training, the TRT guys. Now, uh, in our, in our team at YFFR, we, uh, kind of jokingly, and now it's the name of it, uh, refer to this training as the Stay Awake Training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it's really unique. There's there's nothing I've ever seen like it. It is not for the faint of heart. And I was wondering if you too could give us a little description of the Developing High Performance uh, 24-Hour Hands-On Training that uh, is put on by the Tactical Resilience training team. Uh, it's started by Rick George in Florida with Dave Gillespie, Bob Carpenter. and he Rick has collected the most fantastic group of knowledgeable, high performance giving, wonderful hearted firefighters. Um, and I have been fortunate to be included uh, in that in that group um, with the nickname princess of pain. Uh, so, um, but, uh, can you guys just tell us what it's about and why someone would be signing up to go through this training?
2: You want to start Eric, or you want me to start? Oh, he, okay.
1: Uh, I was on mute I'm, uh, I'm, and I'm an on- IT guy. I was
0: saying <laughs>
2: <you> can- <laughs> so uh, you know, for me, I, I'm the, I'm the new guy in, in the group. This, we, we did the DHP program at MAFSI back in uh, mid-May. And that was my first introduction to the full program. I was lucky enough to meet a, a lot, basically everybody on the the cadre that was there in Florida at the North Florida Fire Expo. But I was only able to stay out there a few hours because I had to speak myself. So this was my first true introduction and first true introduction as part of the team as well. And so I had no clue really what to expect. I, I knew that it was about resiliency and I knew there was going to be a lot of you know, focus on breath work and and yoga as a tool to to work on these things and learn these things and mindfulness and and all of these different Aspects that I really didn't know much about, but I had no idea what to expect out of it, and so to to be there and to to truly see it all play out, it's it's impressive, and I, I think I think the class is is so incredible, and the the students that actually make it through it gain so many great tools that are just invaluable to they're really their, their future career and hopefully they share them with others and and just keep that moving down the line. But to me, I just keep going back to, and, and both of you have addressed it before is it, it just goes back to that team, that team that, that Rick has created. I can't remember the the term you used before we started recording, Eric is like powerful team or, or something like that. But it truly is an amazing group of people, and and when I say that, I don't mean, you know, your your a team of the the local church group. You know, these these aren't people that are, are just somebody you would look at and and see as as perfect citizens that you know don't mess up. These are real people, and that's why I love them so much. Is yes, from the exterior, they are the strongest people that you'll ever be around you know they are it's like they're not scared of anything and they know so much about mind and body it's just impressive but then to spend just a little bit more time with them and see how truly vulnerable they allow themselves to be how how open and honest and transparent they are about their deepest and darkest you know scars that is really what cemented my tie with them after I saw that. And, and like I said, I was just with them a few hours in Florida, but it, it it didn't even take that long for me to see that in them and make me want to, to be a part of it because that is the kind of people I want to be a part of. That is the kind of people I want to surround myself with. That's the kind of person I want to be, you know, a, a strong, humble person that that can be vulnerable and and allow others to learn from my mistakes, and and so that is is truly, I think the gold of all of it is just the group the group of people that are behind everything, you know it, all the stuff that the knowledge that that you two bring and, and everybody else brings it, it is so important, but you put that knowledge in the hands of people that are egotistical jerks and, and, you know, that stand above everybody, it, it's worthless. It's a, it's absolutely worthless unless you put it in the hands of, of the people that, that are on that team. And so that is truly the, the difference maker to me with it. But, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm fairly new to the programs. Eric and both of you can, can speak a lot more about, you know, the, the under belly of it all but i think that is a great the, about the best way i can kind of describe how i truly feel about it
0: rick's very talented at vetting and collecting the right people and that's why i'm so you know honored that he brought us in and the group they're my brothers and you know when when i was in florida and i was taking care of the baby at the airbnb but i did stop on the training ground a couple times And one of those times I had just gotten a phone call from my pet sitter because I had a 15-year-old disabled dog who's been with me for 15 years, had been with me for 15 years. Um, And we knew her days were numbered and she ended up passing away in March, but this was when was this early March, February, early
1: March? Yeah. It was just a few weeks later.
0: Yeah. And so I got a call from her or a text that said, Abby's not doing well and you know, whatever. Anyway, it scared the shit out of me because my worst fear was not being with her when she passed. Yeah. And it was hard for me to go on that trip. Okay. So I go to visit the guys and I'm, you know, I'm fine. But as soon as I step out, uh, Robbie, Mark, they come up to greet me. And they ask, oh, how was your day? And just seeing their faces and how genuine they are, I start crying. <laughs> I plan to, but just said, oh, my dog. da 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 Stopped what they're doing. Embraced me. Wouldn't let go. Um, surrounded me with so much love and support. You know, and what was just so amazing to me is that they've seen, all of you guys have seen really tough stuff. And when I cry because of my dog, nothing else mattered, but that, I mean, that shows their heart and, um, I'm truly grateful and I'll, I'll give my little perspective before I give it to Eric to talk about his experience. But, you know, I don't even remember how I met Rick George, to be honest. (laughs) I just know that one day I'm in Portland in an abandoned nursing home at two in the morning teaching. That's the (laughs) next thing I remember. I blacked out before that. So, yeah. So what this is for, um, you know, for our audience who's listening is this is a, a 24 hour hands-on training called developing high performance and being up for 24 hours, you know, the typical shift, uh, for a firefighter is 24 hours. Sometimes it's 48 or longer. Um, but it's so kind of mimics a shift, um, where they're training, they're doing physical activity, you do break for eating and, Um, but they're taught they're front-loaded with tools for resiliency, breath work, yoga, how does the brain work? Um, you know, all these different tools, even how tricks with the air bottle to make the, you know, for air management, make it last longer. And then as they're fatigued through the night, they're going through evolutions, right. And really working on, let's see what happens. You're it's two in the morning. You're in a confined space, you know, whatever the case may be, let's see what your mind does. Let's see what your heart rate does. And can you use all these tools to be able to keep up your skills when you're tired and you're over it? And cause you know, you have to be able to, to have that out, uh, you know, out in the field. Um, and so they walk away with a, a ruthless training, <laughs> which is really tough, but they walk away with, 10 15 new mentors who have given them the tools we just mentioned there is no training for this stuff this is the training for it so they've been giving the given the tools they don't get in the academy and often don't get even in their career and we're fortunate yeah. that yoga is one of them so the people that are signing up for this uh we've seen the youngest newest firefighters who know miraculously know they need this for their career. And we've also seen, you know, um, Frank from Seattle was like a year away from retirement and he still knew we needed this. And that like, just brings tears to my eyes. I mean, the people who sign up for this training and the people who teach this training are exemplary firefighters and humans. And um, it isn't for everyone. But I think it should be. Yeah, anyway, that's my experience. But you know, I so I did, um, I did it in Portland, and I taught twelve yoga classes in in twenty four hours, ranging from forty five minutes to five minutes. Uh, I, you know, I did get to, I did sleep for four hours. Everyone, okay, because guess what? <laughs> I'm a firefighter, so I am going to go to sleep <laughs> on a cot in an abandoned nursing home. Oh my god! But. <laughs> but it was, it was incredible. So anyway, that's and and Eric was there too. And he was, you know, kind of supporting me. And then when I became pregnant and then had a baby and, you know, I passed Eric off as the lead, uh, because not only does he know what we do and he's one of our top instructors, but he also is from fire service, which I'm not. So he can, he can help with the evolutions and connect those dots even more. But anyway, Eric, what's your, what's your experience?
3: Did you miss out on the YFFR Bridge course? There's still a chance to join the frontline of wellness. Dive into Yoga for First Responders Instructor School, April 8th to 12th in Washington, DC. This isn't just training, it's a transformation. Equip yourself to empower our first responders with resilience and strength. Why is this for you? You'll learn job specific and culturally informed yoga from the best. Connect with a community dedicated to making a difference and master a program that blends physical readiness with mental resilience. Act fast. Seats are limited and they're going quick. Be the change. Embrace this life changing journey and help bring wellness to our first responders. Your time is now. Visit YogaForFirstResponders.org to secure your spot. Let's make a difference together.
1: Um, the if you sign up for the class for nothing else, the training cadre is the reason why, period. Like these guys, to both of your points, the the fellas that are teaching this class are second to none. I mean, the, we're in a, a group text thread with these guys and it's inspiring every day. If somebody's having a bad day or a down day or an issue at home or an issue at work, whatever it is, there's a group of guys there to immediately, not with false positivity, but be there to support and to hold one another up and when everybody's having a good day to inspire and hold each other accountable to level up on the good days because it's not just about being there on the bad days but being there even maybe more so on the good days to make sure we're still leveling up and holding ourselves accountable to be the standard of people that we aspire to be because it is a daily it is daily work it's a daily grind and the most of the cadre have been through deep dark holes. Uh, and everybody's been through something. And so they have that to draw from uh, personal experience. And to me, honestly, like this group of men is truly, and it just all happens to be men, uh, but is truly the definition of what the fire service brotherhood is supposed yep. to be is supposed to be about. And we hear oftentimes that like the brotherhood is dying, it's not there, and I would counter that with it's 100% there. You just have to, you may have to look for it, but it's there. And so these group of, this group of men is to me, the definition of what it's supposed to be about. And
3: yeah.
1: if I've had a situation going on in my personal life with a dear friend, and so I was immediately picking up the phone and talk to Mark, for example, for an hour about his experience with a couple of things, and then could hang up there and call Rick or call Eddie or call, uh, tuna you know I mean the guys are just there at the moment's notice I mean Jeremy and I've started texting since we met in in Atlanta and so it's just that if nothing else sign up for that the class is hard let's let's not be honest let's not (laughs) make no bones about it the class is hard but it's one of those moments where it can be not just career defining class, but a life defining class. Like if, if you go back and look at those key moments in your life, Jeremy, you said earlier, it was some of the inspiration from your current driver. There was some inspiration there that you gathered. You could, if you thought about it, you could probably circle some conversations that were like, that's a critical conversation in my life that probably changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, I have no doubt that the people that go through the developing high performance class, even though it's a, a ball buster, will circle that date as a life changing class uh, because of the power it has. And I actually was getting tears when Olivia was talking about how emotional those guys, like emotionally supportive they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we heard it this last time in Atlanta that from one of the guys, like they knew they were going to get their butts kicked, but they didn't know they were going to be be vulnerable and open up. And we mm-hmm. start it from the cadre side first to show that this is a safe container to be a part of. And honestly, when we talk about the mental health wellness part of the fire service, that's something that we are lacking because it's uh emotions get a little bit fuzzy, and I don't necessarily want to talk about those. Yeah. And so then we start shutting them down and stuffing mm-hmm. them away, and then we start closing them off. And then once you start closing off the emotions, it's very hard to open that box up when you're with your family. So we start closing our emotions off with our family and then our kids wonder why we're disconnected. And it you can see how it perpetuates the cycle. So when you're given a moment in a safe container with these strong people to actually take the lid off of Pandora's box, so to speak, becomes very very powerful very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a critical piece for this. And so while it's not even though it may look like it from uh, Instagram and Facebook, it's not a tactics class. We're not teaching tactics. We will put you through uh tactical training, but the real root cause of it is to learn about your mental and emotional states in those stressful situations. And that's, that's a powerful spot when it starts off raw with uh, being vulnerable right off the bat. Yeah. You
0: know, with necessity versus demand that we talked for before, when you do something, you know, you need to do, that's the most courage. So to be vulnerable, to know, God, I I know I'm supposed to open up here, but it's easier to just drink. You know, it's easier to close up and and just watch TV, whatever. That's, that's actually cowardice. It, the courage is saying, I, I need to, this is what I need and I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through it. And on the other side of it, Is magic on the other side of it is uh, a world where the the the, I mean power and not power in the ego sense but power in using all your systems the way they're meant to be used power in terms of having these men and women around you that are of that same caliber I mean I get chills thinking about it um I want to tell one quick funny story about tuna real quick is that okay Okay. (laughs) because it's I It's always okay to some, tell a story about tuna. <laughs> some of our listeners really like Tuna. So, you know, Rick has his, his nicknames for everyone. I'm Ollie, uh, you know, which I love. I've and been
1: upgraded t- I've been upgraded from the thin viking to the fat viking, Wow, <laughs> I mean, it hurt my feelings a little.
0: <laughs> a little <bit>. <laughs> um, so uh Tuna was not part of the cadre for my first go around. Um, And so then we start talking about the next go around and now Tuna's involved. I've never met him. I didn't even know who he was. And I have um, someone, you know, on my team that does my emails for me uh, because I'm not, you know, listen, I just get a lot of emails. I want to make sure everyone's answered in a, you know, prompt manner. So I have someone who does my emails for me. So she is kind of relaying this information about, you know, getting the cadre together. And she says, you know, they keep referring to, to Tuna and I don't like Tuna needs to do this. And Tuna needs to do that. And, and are you Tuna? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Am I Tuna? <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is Tuna? And if it's <laughs> me, you need to tell me so I can get all this stuff. Okay, turns out I'm not Tuna. Okay, Um, but someone else is who is amazing, great, great, fun guy. And here's my little one thing I'll say: I was house mom at the at the training in in Florida because I had our baby there, and you know whatever. While they were all out, you know, training, oh, in the middle of the night, I cleaned the whole house. And I did Tuna's laundry and he didn't say anything. So Tuna, if you're listening, I know that that was your laundry at the dryer. I folded it. You're welcome. That's all I have to say. Continue.
1: <laughs> and called out publicly. Yeah. been holding on to that story for a hot second.
2: So as a matter of I part, know
0: I've been waiting for the right. I was like, for, I'm going to for, for the strategic the right moment to drop I it.
2: it. <laughs> yeah. I think to, to kind of sum it all up, the best way that I've found to describe it is, yeah, it is a beat down. It is physically demanding, but that's not what it's about. The, really, that beat down and that physical exertion is just basically a vehicle that that gets the training staff where they need to be. And that means that that these students, their bodies have basically failed them. Everything physically they have to compensate is gone now what's left is the mind and that's where the instructors go to work and so I think that's probably the the best and easiest way I could describe the whole thing but it's it is it is very very much a a a unique but impressive class for sure.
1: Well, and that's honestly so. It it inspired me that what you just said is like we take it to the point where there's nothing left but the mind by getting the body so worn down. And that's honestly why I argue that. I'm going to go back and being the being an executive member of Yoga First Responders, put this back in there, is that that's exactly why I believe that yoga is actually the exact right tool for this kind of work, because I can dial up and down the stress and pressure on your body very, very incrementally, very, very purposefully. And we, I hear it all the time and I used to, it doesn't look like it, but I would go to the gym. Like if I had a stressful day or a bad day, I would go and just like sit on the rowing machine and like beat myself up on the rowing machine. Right. Like we have folks that say, oh, I get, I bang it out in the gym. That's where I go. And that's my stress relief. But your body is going to give out before the mind does. If you're in the if you're in that situation. And so or your mind's going to put even before the body does, either way. So with yoga, we can actually put you in a position where both your mind and body are going to fatigue at a very similar rate. And then these guys that are high performers that they get the adrenaline dump and they're going to go and knock it out of the park on their next search and rescue evolution in the middle of the night when they're in yoga class. Now their mind's really starting to to mess with them because it's it's almost that moment of silence with their body and with their mind. And that's where we, that's where I become the hardest class, <laughs> hardest class in this beat down <laughs> class is doing a yoga class. And it surprises people because it really then becomes the mental game. Uh, it's that moment yeah. where, cause we've all been there. And I, and I told people this in the class, like I put you in a position in a bunker gear and you guys are like, I can't get there. And then I watch you literally do a hose evolution and you put your body in the exact same position. So It's not that the body can't, or maybe it is that the body can't. And we are just over pushing through the boundaries and barriers. And then we wonder why we're strained and sprained afterwards instead of actually paying attention to what's happening between those six inches between the ears. And so being able to dial up that body's response perfectly and incrementally, and I have ways to do it. We have ways to do it is extremely powerful because then all that's left is your mind and i said it from the very beginning of that class the hardest posture i'll ever have them do is stand still and breathe stand still in a very specific way that i'm going to watch and just stay there and do that and the mind will quit long before the body does every time guaranteed so now i guess that's where I, the magic starts to happen that's where i get to work with you
0: You guys, I just, it just hit me, you know, how (laughs) I started in the beginning, like, what the heck? Why isn't, why do you know, tell me why people aren't doing this. Okay. You guys just talked about it. You were saying both of you that what makes the cadre of developing high performance special is their vulnerability, their vulnerability, their authenticity. Yoga exposes vulnerabilities. So that's why high performers They're the ones who are able to be vulnerable to, hey, yes, show me my weaknesses because that's what I can get better in. I want you to show me the weaknesses. They're the ones that never have a problem with yoga. It's the ones that are so afraid of being vulnerable and so afraid of showing their weaknesses that are actual assholes to me. I'm serious. They're cruel. People will be so mean to me because they don't want to get on a yoga mat. Yeah. I've been called names before because someone doesn't want to get on a yoga mat and it just hit me. Okay. What's the common thread? <laughs> High performers, vulnerability, yoga, vulnerability, people who are just, you know, complacent, uh, afraid, afraid of being vulnerable, afraid of showing weakness. What does yoga do? Show your vulnerability weaknesses. That's the correlation. So yeah. somehow we got to address that, that little element of authenticity and vulnerability, exposing weaknesses as a way to get better.
2: And that's something that that I've actually, I, I speak about a lot and it, it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with anything we've talked about lately, but it's, you know, this, this false veil of the fire department, you know, the, the type A personalities and, you know, the heroes and blah, blah, blah. But Really, what it is is a bunch of firehouses that are full of people that are scared to death to show any weakness. They're scared to death to fail. They're scared to death to try a new technique because they they don't know how to do it. That's that's what the fire service is underneath it all. Under when when you want to get real, and, and it's it's sad because there are a lot of people that go their entire careers. And leave piles and piles of experience and and knowledge just wasted because they don't take the opportunity to share it, or they don't take the opportunity to face those fears or the discomfort of these things that that basically just paralyzes them. And, and I don't think there's a, I don't think that that's a very, I don't think that's too strong of a term. I I have literally seen it it these people they they pretend to be that strong manly you know person but inside they're just a scared little kid that doesn't want to show that and so I I totally agree with every bit of that for sure
0: Eric you mentioned earlier a few days ago you were saying I realize that I don't like to fail and you equate it. You're like because in fire service failure equals death. You know someone's someone. It's life or death. And so maybe that's it too. Maybe it's internally. If they fail at one thing, they know that they could possibly fail at their job, and that's terrible. I mean, maybe there's that correlation there too. And bef- and one thing I want to say too about the you know alpha male. I've encountered not always. Okay, this is generalization here. But when I have dealt with women in public safety who have to um, step up more to hold their own, mm-hmm. can sometimes have even more than of that than the men do because they have
2: overcompensating. To-
0: compensating. And so you, you know, not always, but I have seen that a lot where there's even more resistance to vulnerability because they're trying to fight the, you know, the female thing to begin with anyway. Yeah.
1: No, and they the, the failure concept is, uh, an interesting conversation to have. And I was, uh, because we train for success. Like if we go to CPR training, we save everybody in CPR class. If We do search and rescue drills. We always save the victim. You know, uh, we, so in, in the training grounds we train for success and anything less than success is failure. And yet once you get out onto the streets, the percentages would say the exact opposite. I mean, the, I was talking with, um, a military member who's in charge of, um, Basically medics that go into combat, get soldiers, get airmen, get Marines and pull them out. And in their trainings, they're saving hundred percent of people. And the statistics show that once they actually get out into combat, they're going to save about four to 8%. And so we're literally training that, oh, we're going to do save everybody and life's going to be great and hunky-dory fine. And then we get out in the real world and it's a very, very different ball game. And we don't know. We've never trained to fail. So we don't even know how our bodies and minds are gonna respond when we do fail, when that's actually the reality of it. And so this is the argument that I make and that we make is that we we can we can fail in yoga class. I can put you in a position that will make you fail. I'm gonna make you fall out of balance, you know, I will. And it's not, and it is on purpose. It is, cause if I make you fall out of balance, that's a very safe failure. you literally are gonna step out of tree pose, for example, and step off to the side. And I'm gonna watch people get so frustrated. That they fell out of a balance. Like, who gives a shit, man? Like literally, like, watch how you watch how you respond to that. That's how you're gonna respond to, and this is falling out of balance in a safe position in with your brothers and sisters. Who cares? So now imagine what how you're gonna react out in the field, out in the world, if you're to make a mistake and fail. Like we're going to. We are humans, we are fallible, we can't remember everything. We can control what we can control, and the outcome is still gonna be a quote unquote failure. And so if we don't start training and at least being aware of what happens once quote unquote failure happens, then again, we're setting ourselves up for, for failure. And that again, leads back into the proactive training. Let's like, okay, let's find a safe way to train and see how I'm going to react. And yoga ultimately at the end of the day is about self-reflection. Like how am I gonna react? How do I respond to this stuff? And so if I can't do something and because I'm tired that my ego is pushing through, that I'm not going to adapt a or scalar or drill. I know, now I know that when you're tired, you're dangerous because you're going to push yourself deeper into the building than you should, rather than, yeah. you know, be like, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm at yellow on my air. I should probably swap cruise. No, your ego is going to drive you past it. And I can see that on the yoga mat. I can see how you're going to react when you fail or stumble. And so it's all about that, that self-reflection. And so I'm very... Critical about making sure that our students do actually quote unquote fail on the yoga mat in a safe environment so they can learn about that failure notice it say yep i fell out of balance i'm going to get back into it with mindfulness with breath and continue to work and move forward because at the end of the day that is the definition of resilience training and it's no longer a check the box training it's actually applicable to life and it's actually can see the results from it and that's a whole nother ball of wax from for another day about how resilience training has become a new four-letter word because it has become check the box training instead of actually training us to be truly resilient individuals.
0: And it's a joke. A lot of people make resilience training such a joke that I can understand why people roll their eyes at it, you know. Anyway, again, that's for another episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, it, it's it's interesting that you you brought up the whole fear of failure or just that I would describe myself as the same way. I hate failing. I I said fear of failure, more of just hate. I, I hate to fail. But I think that if if that hatred came because I associated it with dying would be more honorable than what I hate it for. I hate it because of the embarrassment that comes with it. I'm a firefighter. If I show any kind of weakness or any chink in my armor, I know that at least four people are going to jump all over me like the, you know, the dinosaurs on Jurassic Park. That is why I hate it. So a piece of me, I have found that to get through that failure and to get over that, you know, the the trying to avoid it is that just share it. If, if I share those failures, if I talk about them, if I, you know, write a blog about whatever it is, that's sometimes the only way I can kind of get past things, especially if it's something that truly has bothered me that I fail at. And so just kind of learning about myself, that has become something that I know I can use to, to get through some things. But it's just interesting that, you know it is, it's, it's goofy. It is, it's stupid. And thankfully for the most part, I don't avoid things because of the possibility of failing just because I, I know how important it is, but there's a lot of people out there that that's, that's the only thing holding them back is just, they don't want to look like that person or they don't want to give the, the fuel to somebody else to, to make fun of them. And so
3: yeah,
2: that could be life or death right there. And it, it it the difference is you don't want to be made fun of. And so it's it it sucks, but that's that's how it is.
0: Well, with you mentioned that could be life or death right there. That actually goes back to you know to our survival. So if you do feel embarrassed, is you're if you're made fun of by your crew, down deep in our animal reptilian brain, you know, caveman brain that's um, a threat of being kicked out of the tribe, being kicked out of the group, being kicked out of the safety in numbers, being out of the cave, vulnerable and by yourself. So, you know, that's why I don't want to blame anyone for these feelings. They really go back to this ancient survival of safety in numbers, being accepted. Um, And so stepping out of bounds in our survival reptilian brain is the fear of, of death. So you're, you know, so that is, it's, it feels silly, but it is, um, you know, it is a real, real thing that I want everyone to know that if you feel that way, it's, it comes from somewhere, you know, honest. And, and I think you're absolutely right. And that's why we, I tell people we've made a point that if you practice yoga with us, you won't fail. It's not about failure or success. If you can breathe and you have a spine, then you can practice yoga and we will make it work. It's not a a race to touch the toes. The goal isn't to touch the toes. The goal is to get on the yoga mat and do it. And your greatest effort is your greatest victory. So if you're on the yoga mat, you've already succeeded.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, there's, there's so many great benefits of all this and again it it's one thing hearing it but it's another thing to actually see it in in the the works of happening and again another step if you actually put it to work yourself and feel those things so just it just almost leaves you kind of speechless as far as you can only talk so much about it but I know that both of you and I'm gaining a passion for myself It's just, you want, you want to keep trying to shake people and, and get them to that, you know, to that point to where they're accepting of it. But, you know, I'm sure it's like anything else. It's a slow grind. You guys are definitely doing some great things and, and getting it out there. It might not be as fast as, as you all wish it would be or or as, as fast as it it should be for the health of everybody, but you're definitely doing some some great things. And that's that's something I'm 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 proud to be, you know, in a just just to know you guys and, and to suck up as much as the knowledge that I can for sure.
0: How I feel about uh, meeting you, Jeremy. You're doing great stuff. And I'm just I'm proud to be associated with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely, brother. It's been a pleasure getting to know you personally the last few months and, uh, appreciate you having us on your show. I mean, it's, uh, you've got your circle of influences larger than, you know, I mean, shared between friends of friends and firefighters and firefighters and those that know you and don't even know who you are, but I can tell everybody that's listening to this, that Jeremy is a stand-up dude and share his podcast, share his blogs far and wide, um, and from our personal conversations, I'm super excited uh, to see what else comes from Mr. Jeremy Sanders. Cause I have a feeling, I have a feeling this is just the beginning from what we've talked
2: about. I appreciate that. And also if you are listening to my version of this podcast, they will be releasing it as well on theirs. And so if you do want to go check out theirs, I'll give, I'll give you both of you a second here to plug whatever you want to, but they do have a, a podcast out as well that they've just started. So, how, just real quickly, how, how have you guys liked that? Are you, is it something you think you're going to enjoy? Is it something different?
0: I mean, I love talking. So, yes, <laughs> <laughs> you <should probably> see. <laughs> we, pour, we pour ourselves a glass of whiskey and we just talk about this, this stuff
1: yeah and so what I, we told shared earlier with you is that we love going on podcasts because it gets us into new circles that we've never been in before yep. uh, but and so at the end of the day, we're doing an introductory mission for all of these podcasts, and we really wanted a platform to go deeper on some of the thoughts that because we keep saying like, oh, that's for another episode, that's for another episode, that's for another episode. Yep. well, po- you we can't be on everybody's podcast every week. People get tired of listening to us on Krufer's culture at some point. And so that's why we really, we're like, you know, we need to start our own podcast. We can really start to dive deeper into these topics and really have on that next episode. And so that's where we almost make our podcast a supplement to the shows that we are on as the introductory shows. Um, So if you have curiosities about why we do what we do and how we do it, that's uh, that's why you'd want to tune in uh, to the Yoga for First Responders podcast.
0: Called On Air, and Eric made that up. And when he made that up, <laughs> I, it was brilliant. I was like, oh my God, Eric, that is brilliant, right? And you guys, I'm, I'm assuming you all know why I thought it was brilliant. But then a couple of days later, he's like making the logo and he was like, wait, hey, <laughs> On Air is kind of like On Air. And I was like, isn't that why... Like i like, is that why you came up with it? No, I was just thinking radio on air. I was like, <laughs> I can't give you any credit of being the you know because that's what I thought he was talking about. So it's called on air, um, on all the platforms. Um, but you know, for the training app, the on-demand training app that we were talking about with Jeremy, that's called on-demand. Um, and you can go to our website, which is yogaforfirstresponders.org. And you can find our on-demand uh training app. It has tons and tons of videos from breath work to yoga to mindfulness, all of that stuff, stuff for sleep, stuff for waking up. Um we also have our online course platform called YFFR University that has that six-week online course that went through the pilot study. Um, we also have shorter courses on there. We're adding to that. That's our digital stuff. But if you feel like you want in-person training to become an instructor, no experience necessary, or to have an in-person instructor come out to you for, um, in-service training or whatever, you can email success at yoga for first and they'll hook you up. So that's everything. Our blog, you can find it all on our website. And then um, for our podcast, uh, Jeremy, tell us where our audience can keep following you.
2: So for me, I try, try really hard to keep it all very easy. Everything is pretty much Crew First Culture and that's with a one ST. Instagram, Facebook is Crew First Culture. I've got a website with try to keep it up to date with any kind of upcoming events and there's a store and just all kinds of stuff. That's crewfirstculture.com. Email is crewfirstculture at yahoo.com. And the website has my phone number on it. if, If that's the, the route you would rather take to. So pretty easy to, to find me as well. And that's, that's about it.
0: And you said you have a shop, so you have some swag
2: always have swag. I it it is it is something I've figured out is a problem for me because I enjoy designing things, you know, either stickers, stickers yeah. or, or whatever. So I I've, I've had to really slow it down because my my demand in the design of creating things has well out exceeded the uh, demand for the product. So slow it down a little bit.
0: (laughs) Well, so this is not going to help with that then, because I've been writing down some great things you said and some could go on a shirt and I don't know, maybe a co-branded YFFR crew first culture shirt. Okay. i would get on it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, Just one last question that I have for you all or for you both. And you, you might've answered it in your Talking about the online stuff. But so if somebody is listening that doesn't really know about what we've talked about, that it hasn't really been introduced to yoga, but is very intrigued and, and wants to to really get their feet wet, what do you suggest is, is kind of that first step to take for them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I would suggest two steps. Number one, if you want to just watch a quick video, go to On Demand dot yoga for first And there's a start here section, and there's a 20 minute introductory briefing video, no yoga, just why we do what we do. And then the very next video that I would click on to is the introduction to three part breath. Those would be my first, literally my first step and my second step on how to get introduced to this world. Um, the rest of the start here section has other videos that you can do, um, including, and which are all years. free. There's enough free resources on that website that you could literally do a yoga practice a day for the rest of your life and be very, very happy. Um, we obviously hope that at some point you support us enough or like it enough that you'd end up supporting us, but free resources forever, go use them. So, and then the next part is, is if you want some literature, um, there's, I would email info at info at yoga for first and say, send me the buy-in package because we have a, a roughly a 30 page ebook, uh, very big font. Cause I like to say that firefighters, we like to call it with crayons. So very, very simple, very simple to understand, but it shows a lot of the science behind what we do. And then that's something you can pass off to your crew or to your chief or anything else, or just for your own knowledge information of what is there. So on-demand.yogafirstresponders.org, the intro briefing and three part breath. And then if you're still interested, ask for the buy-in package
0: and i'll add one more perfect. on why university there's a, a short course called introduction to yoga you can do that course and it's short gives you practices but gives you the very very basics and you can literally go from there so okay
2: perfect well man i i really appreciate it that definitely i i knew it was going to be a great conversation and so you, you uh you made more than my expectations were, were there. So I appreciate that. Do you guys have anything else that you want to bring up before we go?
0: I don't think so. This was a lot of fun. So thank yeah. you for, for taking the time to have the conversation yeah. with us.
1: Just thank you very much. And uh, I enjoy being in your circle, my friend.
2: So. I appreciate it. I, I uh, appreciate you having me on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, right, ind-
0: here, so. <laughs> directly
2: or indirectly, however you want to call it, but yeah. no, I, I am, I am, uh, I just want to challenge everybody out there to really put some of this stuff to action. You know, what what we've talked about, it's not just our beliefs. It's not just you know some crazy up in the air stuff that you probably have have associated with yoga in the past. This is, this is real, real information, real data and our bodies need it. So I really want to kind of challenge everybody to look some of these things up and, and try it out, give it a try and, and see how it goes and, and really invest some time and some energy into it because it, it will be a very good benefit to your career and your, in your life.
0: Hey, before we go, I want to remind you that training your mental and physical health is incredibly important, especially for those working in high-stress jobs like first responders.
1: And if you're interested in learning more about Yoga for First Responders, visit YogaForFirstResponders.org for our on-demand training app, online course platform, in-person training, and more.
0: Like this podcast, subscribe, and give us a great review. We are so happy to have you part of the YFFR mission.